This is Elijah Wood. You are listening to the Finders Keepers Radio Show from somewhere in the English countryside, making global, local, local. Hello, one and all, and welcome to the Finest Keepers Radio Show. Of course, from somewhere in the English countryside, down some dusty lane. I'm Pete Mitchell. We have Andy Votel. Andrew, how the devil are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm very, very good. And here we are with Doug Shipton, Jane Weaver. Hello. And how are you, John McCready? John McCready. I'm okay. Yeah. Here we are, uh, another edition of uh, the Finest Keepers Radio Show. We're settled down. Uh, John, your first visit to the keeper's cottage. Uh, uh, very impressive. See, yeah. see, you're in I got home. coffee's no, good. No, I wasn't too sure. I was, you know. I'll go around cleaning, get rid of the pheasant, yeah. and it's all You're good. too house-proud. <laughs> well, you have to be. It's clearly yeah. been up since about seven this morning. <laughs> I was making peppermint tea at six o'clock this morning, I'll have you. So um, what do we do? I'm, I'm not a little unsure what today's theme is going to be. Do you know what? I, I, I thought it's about time we did, like... Well, I've always wanted to do a punk show or, like, right. a DIY show, so maybe we should start off with probably the most raucous, anarchic piece of music I could possibly find. Right, let's go. Finders Keepers B Music Finest Keepers Radio Show, starting off with something strangely familiar there, Andy. Yeah. Now you Why see, is that strangely familiar? That's the Moomins music. Basically... Were they woolen? They were woolen. They're sort of felt, fuzzy felt. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> the Moomins, as many listeners will know and love, was an export from Finland 
by an artist called Tova Johansson. They, they made like a, a Polish TV animation version of it that went via Germany and was broadcast in the UK in the early 80s. But they didn't bring the original German music with it. They got two guys from Leeds, two artists, right. sort of performance artists, sort of aggressive theatre dudes who were using wasps and early domestic synthesizers to make this DIY alternative soundtrack, which right. sounded like that. And for that very reason, anyone coming home from school at like, you know, getting home early around the quarter past three mark, you'd see the Moomins, which was actually the scariest programme for they kids. They were all you'd... strange, though, what? weren't they? Magic Roundabout, yeah. that was a word. That had a similar tale. That, that arrived. Singing, singing Ringing Tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. All, all Tales these, from Europe. Absolutely. Yeah. All these yeah. exports from, from, from Eastern Europe. All a lot, scary. A lot of them had alternative voiceovers and alternative music made. But mm. the, the, the significance of that tune is it was made by two punks in Leeds, which right, is, which like is ironic. Yeah, yeah. And Finders Keepers have just found the master tapes for that so that was a a little exclusive there so i suppose the theme of today's show is art house diy diy records and i've brought my very good friend john mccready with me hello Um, welcome john thank you pete me and John sort of, we, we met at a strange time in our lives where, where John had been DJing at the Hacienda and working for The Face. I was in a bit of creative rehab after running my <laughs> Twisted Nerve records. And we started, There's always a trauma with Andy, yeah. you, know, you know that. There's always a trauma. <laughs> well, we were both doing a bit of teaching at the time as well, yeah. weren't we? And we started this night in Manchester called B Music. Right. And John was great because he'd introduced you to like the most unlikely records ever. Like if, if John was a real, I know the word digger is like a really overused trend. Trendy, trendy word, but John would pull records out the most unlikely places, and a lot of that were punk private press things. Right. I mean, at that time, I was kind of like anti anything around me, so anti <laughs> anti Man- Manchester. But John was pulling stuff from Manchester, Liverpool, Leeds, just these records on Absurd and Rabid and various other things, and even Eurythmic records produced by Connie Plank or Weird Paul McCartney B sides. Anyway, to cut this long, long story yeah, short, yeah. we always vowed to do this record, which sort of compiled all the music under the name Arty Political. Broadcast. I get you. We'd like to focus on the sort of punk stuff, the lesser known stuff, and basically music with a art house do it DIY backgrounds about right, isn't it? Mm. Mm. So that the, the, the um, what did you uncover then in those days? What were you looking for? Was it just well into studios? What, how I did didn't have a lot of money really, so I was looking for stuff that was interesting that didn't cost a lot of money. So the uh, Greatest thing for me was King B Records in Charlton, which oh, Andy yes. knows still really there, well. Is he still would, there? Yeah, still yeah, there, yeah, been yeah, there yeah, for yeah. over 30 years. And they um, brilliantly had a record player in the window and uh, boxes on boxes of rubbish and oddments and God knows what else. So um, having uh, time on my hands post Hacienda trauma style breakdown, I used to stand in the window all day and play through <laughs> anything that looked remotely interesting and you'd find, you know, 50p records that had something unusual about them and I'm, I'm quite interested in major artists who go off on strange little Journey. tangents Journey. like Paul McCartney with that McCartney album, you know, mm-hmm. the uh, one where he holed himself up with some tape machines and some electronics. Not temporary secretary. Temporary period. secretary yeah, and all yeah. those kind of yeah. things. Yeah. And it's always interesting to find these people who, like all of us, have a vast knowledge and interest in music. And y- you'll find with them, mm. even major artists, you know, they have their days where they experiment and, you know... What is your greatest find, John? Could you... Is it not as easy as that? Oh, gosh, no. Well, some of the known things, you know, like Andy mentioned that um, the B-side of Waterfalls, 
is called um, Check My Machine. Check My Machine, or things like the B side of Love Is the Drug by Roxy Music is a track called Sultan Esque, almost heading in the direction of things like Throbbing Gristle and stuff mm, like mm, that. Mm. And somebody like Brian Ferry is clearly steeped in the arts. We're talking about arty political broadcasts and all that. Brian Ferry studied with Richard Hamilton at Newcastle um, School of Art in the early late 50s, early 60s, Richard Hamilton being the originator of the whole concept of pop art. Mm. And all of these people are coming out of these art schools, people like Ian Jory and Pete Townsend and all of these kind of characters, coming out of that tradition where they were taught by art school kind of teachers and they kind of instilled into them this idea of experimentation, which they carry through still to Mm. this day, despite the fact that they can also make massive pop records. Where are we going to go with this uh, for our next selection? And I'm intrigued as uh, our sonic journey kind of begins. Well, John, what are you going to play us We could play Sultan-esque. Okay, let's go. Let's hear it.
This is the finest Keepers radio show from somewhere in the countryside. That uh, is quite possibly the strangest record we've played so far, and it's by Roxy Music, the B-side of Love is the Drug. We've only played two records, I think. In the whole series so far. <laughs> in the whole series, in the history of this show, I think it's uh, quite strange. What, what? Have you played that at a out? Yes. In small bars. <laughs> Not, I think I've played it on stage before New Order came on, yeah. I remember you playing that at a showcase for an upcoming Manchester band uh, with loads of, loads of A&R men, and they lost the deal on account of that record. <laughs> that can't be true. It's not a warm-up DJ, that's a cool-down DJ. <laughs> the go-home DJ. It does sound like some sort of weird, strange space message from space. Brian's point in putting that on the B-side of Love is the Drug was that Eno was deemed to be, you know, the whole arty side of Roxy Music. Brian Ferry was just seen to be this ritzy frontman, but he clearly, uh, you know, had a point to make. I can do that. Mm. I can be arty. I can make strange records, and, and it's certainly stranger than anything Eno ever did. Yeah, it's like an, an approximation of the technology that t- at that time, yeah. which I think is a beautiful thing. I mean, you know, like bands like 10CC, my informed knowledge oh, tells me. Right. They, you know, when they're, they're pre-synth things, yeah. um, Godly and Creamy Sale, the stuff where we were pretending to be synthesizers were a lot more interesting. Mm. But I suppose it's like... They uh, were making their own machines, though, weren't they, a little but, bit, weren't they? But Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, but just... I suppose Manchester was, a, was a, a real important place for that because, you know, that financially people were, were having to use domestic synthesizers and homemade synthesizers, and that's how people like Barney started out and mm. Massey and Trace, the record that we... Mm. And you can't forget, you know, the greater Manchester, home of AMS the 80s kind of uh, rack-mounted uh, reverb and delay units that went around the world and contributed to dub and New York, whacked out disco in you know in the hands of people like Francois Kevorkian and stuff like that. Those machines are everywhere. They're, they're a signature sound, and that's from Manchester. It's from Greater Manchester. That record itself that we just heard is everywhere because it's one of the a top, a top-selling top singles. <laughs> it's on the B-side of your Love is the Drug-selling single that you bought from Woolies. The Wedding DJ Salvation. How how many people would have taken that back, saying, excuse 50% me, something wrong with the B-side? <laughs> um, should we take it a bit further afield now? Please, please. Let, let's, let's go on holiday. OK. How about this?
You're listening to the Finest Keepers Radio Show, making old records feel young. Making old records feel young, making uh, global sound local. Yeah, I think you do it very, very well. What was that? Well, that was a global record. Um, that was uh, a band called Toco Boys, which was like a... a, a a synth pop new wave record from a French band with a Spanish singer called Rachel Ortas. Now, I spoke to Rachel a few times. She's a, a, a lovely woman. And I ended up speaking to her about illustration because she's, she's a fine artist now. I was looking through one of my kids' comics recently and there was mm. a Rachel Ortas picture. So I think she's taken off, taken off quite well as an illustrator now. Right. Is that her <laughs> illustration? It there? might well be on the front of the record. Yeah, yeah, Toco Boys. But this was that weird sort of time, especially in, in French pop, where everyone was obsessed with being from Japan. But, as John kindly pointed out, which is a running theme with a lot of these records, there was a sax offender on that terrible <laughs> saxophone. Sax there was a sax pest. Was there a sax break on most things for a while? Did it seem like that? Yeah, there was. An, punk, yeah, there was a little bit. An unlikely instrument to be able to pick up and get a, a noise out of anyway, isn't it, really, for even seasoned musicians? But Might be upsetting Andy. I think you like a little bit of a sax break, don't you? I, no, I'm not going to have a sax break <laughs> Any time soon, but it is the marmite of the of the of the reeds, isn't it? I think I think it is. But Roxy, you've got a big a big part to play in that. So. Andy McCart, Andy McCart, yeah, yeah he was another art thing. school uh, graduate. I was just saying, Jane, my wife. Hello, Jane. Hello, Jane. Hello. Fantastic record, the uh, the new album. The yeah. intro. Silver Glow. There's a massive whopping sax break in the middle. It does. By an Australian chap. Yeah, Steve Maxwell von Braud, another art school dude. Pleasure to have you on the show, Jane. Uh, I, I take it it's not an easy job to get a bit of sax on a modern pop record in in 2015 because I you know I wouldn't have you down as a big jazz fan for uh, instance she, she wasn't on mm. she wasn't on the last yeah, well jazz yes show. indeed is there a reason why you evaded the the scronk last uh, last month what do you mean well, you weren't here you, you were billed as you were billed uh, billed to appear I think get... you were probably appearing some some exotic cabaret thing uh, you you were I you was were... in a concert maybe you were you or were maybe in I was avoiding the Crazy jazz. Not a jazz fan? Sometimes, yeah. Kind of like jazzy gong style stuff. Ah, uh, jazzy gong. <laughs> jazzy gong. Another jazzy genre gong has stuff. invented itself. <laughs> this is the return of randomonium where I'm, I'm thrown to the lions. <laughs> of this game is basically for Jane to take uh, records at random out of the record collection in our house and I have to justify whether they stay or they go. Mm. Um, Jane will needle drop a piece of vinyl which hopefully I can identify straight away and um, and then she'll show me the cover and then we'll uh, decide justify as a group whether or not that record should uh, fly the coop, mm. uh, and we will charitably deposit that in uh, a local charity Some, shop. Something going on here. Here I go. Miss Jane Weaver. Should we go for side A? Ready to roll. American? No, I don't think it'd be American. Ooh. It's a library album, this, isn't it? Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. 
I know. They are, they are. It's the thing. It's a not go. It's a goblin. It's a goblin ripoff. I think. Ah, uh. uh, oh, this is a good track. This. And it's got a big eye on the cover. Um. Oh God, I don't. Uh, am I right? Yes, yep. you are right. So look at the big eye. Let's so the cover is. Um, Oh. It's got a big eye on it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, de- de- desert, or commonly known as dessert. 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 <laughs> I do um, get confused with that. Yeah, I desert or dessert. Uh, on on the Cardium label. Oh, it's a yes, good it's on Cardium. Right, okay then. It's quite an interesting sleeve. When I, I did pick it up and try and not look at it, but um, it captured my eye. Yes. No. This is a good one. Um, I've never really been able to suss out who the, who the band is, but it has been reissued recently. It does sound like um, Goblin, doesn't it? Yeah, is it Profundo Rosso? Should, should we have it again from the top and, and, and get, let it breathe? Bit uh, 80s? Yeah, it looks like, looks like you went digging through the good pile there. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Yeah, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, are you sure? Actually, yeah, I would say it's. Touch of the Eagles about it's it. It's good. Which Eagles? I wasn't too convinced about some of the other stuff on it, no. but I think no. this, as it is uh, an homage to Goblin, I, I reckon. I, I'm, I'm it sure. can't just be randomly the same. Is it's it a real record? Is it a real record, off, really? though? Do you say it's library music or a real record? It's library, but it's. it's it's t- it's exactly. Is it Profundo Rosso or what? Is it a, a rip off of Profundo Rosso? Have you got an allegiance to Goblin, which denotes that we should leave that in the house? Yeah. I, okay. We, we, you met Claudio Simonetti 
recently, didn't you? Yeah, he's, oh, he's very stop nice. Stop name dropping, Jane. <laughs> it, it to, I don't even know who he is. My if friends you're from around the world, Claudio Simonetti. <laughs> he likes you. He's so global. I'm not surprised. <laughs> he, he, he was so Italian and blonde. Yeah. <laughs> he was wearing a t-shirt with a gorilla's face on, with uh, light-up eyeballs, wasn't he? And, yeah, yeah, which he bought from Dario Argento's horror shop in Rome. <laughs> we went to Dario Argento's horror shop in Rome, didn't we? I took yeah. on a wild goose Who is chase. Dario Argento? It's Agiar Argento's father, uh, and he is a living legend of Italian horror. Italian. Yeah, he, he makes very cool horror films. I'm not, I don't really like horror films, but I like ones from Are they that gory? Era. Gory? Like it, Italian. Yeah, pretty gory. Mm. Right. It, so that's staying, isn't it, in this episode of is it staying? Yes, yes, yeah. it stays. I will allow you to say And I also like the cover. Okay. Dessert or desert. Yeah. It looks like Neapolitan ice cream on the front with a picture of it. <laughs> the big eye in the sky. Nice. Eye in the sky. Nice. Uh, excellent. Oh, so, Jane, what have, you, what have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Your record's going very well. The, the Silver Globe has now been sequelised by the Amber Light. What's, yes. what's going on? Yeah, we decided to do a, a deluxe edition featuring 10 extra tracks. All, all brand new well, stuff. stuff that More most people haven't heard. Yeah. Every time I open the paper, your name's there now. It's just the greatest <laughs> thing you've oh, ever you done. Know, the greatest for, story yeah, ever told. Well, yeah, for this <laughs> period in time. She wasn't in the North Cheshire Herald, as I was Ooh. reading the other day. Ooh. Made it to the Stockport Advertiser yet? <laughs> ah. Yeah. You know, whenever you do an album, you just apply the same amount of service, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, and... Yeah. and, and for this to take off is 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 amazing, really. It, it's a concept album, isn't it? It's probably your artiest uh, 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 record thus far. Yeah, it's kind of my Xander Rhodes phase Ooh. album. Ooh. <laughs> it's multicoloured. <laughs> is it true to say that you were an art student at one point in your life? Yes, I was an art student. This is the show Arty Political Broadcast. Yeah. Jane has yeah. a lot of arty records in her, her collection, um, bits of post-punk and the like. Um, you, you were the one that turned me on to the Japanese band The Plastics, weren't you? Yeah, it was a, a friend of mine, Tony Dagnall, who, who's a record collector, and he was from Witness where I grew up, and he was the local DJ. And he used to um, play records like that and uh, make me mix tapes. So I, I found a lot of um, stuff from him and then got the single and then you nicked it. So thanks yeah. for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Typical oh. Andy. <laughs> Typical Andy. Well, on the show tonight, we've got a surprise for you, Jane, today because uh, here is said single in all its glory. Oh, oh beautiful. It I'm, was mint. I'm willing It's not up. mint anymore. It's VG minus AV minus is the new grading <laughs> system for the records <laughs> like this. When they've been used. Which, which side do you want me to play, copy or robot? Robot.
Listening to the Finest Keepers Radio Show, a selection of Miss Jane Weaver, um, which takes you back to your youth. Yes, yeah. my sixth form days. What was uh, that again? That was uh, Robot by the Plastics. Mm. The Plastics, amazing Japanese new wave band, uh, led by Toshio Nakanishi, who was uh, Tycoon Tosh later set up the major force hip hop label, a legend. Wasn't he mm. um, a graphic designer or something for Talking Heads? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. That's how he started. He was like, I think that's that. People like the B-52s and yeah. Devo sort of got into the plastics and then they ended up on Rough Trade, innit? It's a Rough Trade 7. So uh, the Maybe. one that I um, liberated from your, uh, from your <laughs> shelf. Private collection. Yeah. You can never yeah. keep them to yourself, like, hidden away I somewhere. I have to, Pete. I can imagine. They go into I the bit, there's no finding them. I'm like, where is my, it? My, where uh, is my other half accused me of nicking Wham last Christmas only some weeks back. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, why, why would I need that in my collection? Or would I? Well, you might have just. It might, I know. I don't know. Uh, Roxy Mu- the Roxy Music record, which appeared on this show yeah, earlier on. I know. That, that, that Love is a Drug B side was also liberated from. Uh... <laughs> is that mine as well? Oh, you're such a tea leaf. Yeah, but the thing is, is that as long as you put them back, it's fine. But I know that they'll just go out in the record <sighs> bag. I don't know. Well, uh, Jane, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming in, and uh, don't leave it bi-monthly. It's got to be every 29 days or whatever. Okay, well, just okay? give me a call whenever you need me. I'll try I'm and arrange it. Yeah. Randomonian. Jane Weaver, thank you. You're welcome. You are listening to the Finders Keepers radio show from somewhere in the English countryside, making global, local... John!
Archie Political Broadcast, tell me more. What have you got up your sleeve? Um, I'd like to continue my theme of uh, mainstream artists <laughs> who studied at art See, school. See, this is completely... So you're swimming against the tide here, John, you know that. I'm going to continue <laughs> to do this and uh, <laughs> in the hope I may be He's edited drowning. out. He's can drowning. I, um, can I hear a seagull? <laughs> no, yeah, no. yeah, there you go. Um, it's A music. It's A... Well, it's actually B music because they are all B-sides. Oh. I would like to play a record by Pete Townsend from oh. his... Oh. Series of um, discarded bedroom synth B sites. Um, Pete Townsend, a graduate of a London art school, um, and taught by a chap called Roy Ascot, who um, had a famous course called Groundwork that a lot of um, 60s musicians ended up um, being inspired by, including Brian Eno. Uh, and this record is called Cat Snatch. You're listening to the Finest Keepers Radio Show. This is our arty political broadcast. Pete Townsend, I can see you're sweating. There's a, a fevered brow there. Pete Townsend on the, uh, the Finest Keepers Radio Show. But that's a lovely ambient, strange record as well that uh, John uh, has picked there. It's the Who Go Krautrock. Late yeah, Krautrock, yeah, what yeah, he said. Yeah. 
Well, he always experimented with synthesizers and stuff and famously invested in that massive modular ARP system, which was all over things like Won't Get Fooled Again, the Quadrophenia album and stuff. A bedroom experimentalist at heart, really. You're right, John, about the, the, the Quadrophenia stuff, because them little sigs weren't on the record, were they? The, those little musical interludes. I bet, there's, I bet there's tons of them, like, in the, in the yeah. can, you know. Yeah. And other ones like Here We Go Around the Mulberry Bush, that soundtrack, all those amazing little electronic bits in that were great, but... Incidental pieces. Yeah. Reminds me of Robinson Crusoe soundtrack. Oh, remember that? Classic, yeah. With all the little yeah. sort of bleepy little interludes that was and weird. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. See the singing ringing trees calling you back in here. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. Kids TV. Big yeah. favourite of mine, yeah. that Robinson yeah. Crusoe. But the Who as well, like that track Eminence Front. Yeah. All all the sample dudes and the disco dudes, yeah. we're still looking at that that kind of looking oh, back at that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So. You can see that, you know, that someone like Pete Townsend would have started a record like that as a home demo and fell in love with the electronic aspect of it and inevitably gets into the rehearsal studio and Roger Daltrey's trying to drag him down a more conventional route and you'll see the bits of that electronic aspect fading mm. in and out of records like that. Won't Get Fooled Again is a great example from Who's Next. Starts with the ARP thing again, you know. I love that niche where these mm. classic English raucous rock bands start looking to Japanese technology for inspiration. Yeah, yeah, I think I know what you mean, yeah, yeah. Shall we play something which does the exact opposite? This is a Japanese band rocking right. out.
this is the Finest Keepers Radio Show from somewhere in the English countryside making global local. That, do you know what that reminded me of? Bow Wow Wow. Did it. I know you look down your nose at me when I say what these things sound like, but it does remind me in parts of uh, something like that. Look uh, what they're called. Non-band. 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 They're in denial. Yeah. (laughs) That also had a sax offender on. Again. Indeed. Let's do you, you, do you know that. what you've created? A monster with a sax offender. It's on everything, is it? It actually says it's clarinet, so there you go. Oh, OK, so, yeah. does that, so that's not a So a, think, a of sax, a, think of a snappy couplet, yeah. answers on a postcard. If you so your, uh, your, your first video up to the, the Keeper's Cottage, is it, I suppose it's like going on holiday coming up here, John, is it, into the, uh, the English countryside? It is countryside? About, uh, about as far as I would get in terms of a holiday. <laughs> I would regard it a holiday, really, even on a day like today. So are you going to try and explain to John what we're going to do next? Because it, uh, it uh, doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, this, does it now? I think it does. I think, is it, well, the, the, the quip is, is it Nostradamus or knockoff? It's uh, sitars in their eyes, global records that suspiciously sound like pop hits. Mm. Is it Nostradamus or is it just a knockoff? This is sitars in their eyes. Have you got something in keeping with our um, arty political broadcast uh, this week? Well, you tell me. Oh. Have a listen to this. Okay. First time, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get one. That was the easiest uh, suspicious. Re- nothing suspicious about that. Let's just. Uh, uh, do you want to? Do you want to interrupt me? Because I can. I can. Uh, I, can st- I don't want to steal your thunder, John. Breaking the law in plain sight, really, isn't it? In terms of copyright. I'm not too sure. I mean, uh, that is just. I'm not in love by 10 cc. Yeah. <laughs> that's all it is. It's all right, not well, there you go. Well yeah, done. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Well, that's. He's clearly seen the porn film it was used in. Well, no, I haven't. I, I, I was saying it was probably from a perfume ad. Would that be the <laughs> Would they likely to be shut down by 10cc, any of these these things? Well, I don't know. I mean, mate, you, you know Graham Gullman. I why, do know. Why, why, why are you... Can we maybe ask, it, ask that question when I see him down in the village? Having, he's having a croissant and a coffee as we speak. Listen. With well, John Cooper Clark. Can you believe that? Down well, in the let, let's play another record. Right. You ring Graham. See if he'll come up here and talk to us right. about it. It's and a deal. We'll... All right. It's okay, a deal. Let's it's, play this. I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs>
This is the Finest Keepers radio show from somewhere in the English countryside. That's uh, really endearing. The uh, Portsman Symphonia and Apache, the Shadow Song. I've said it before and I'll say it again, the most important pop record ever <laughs> made. Is this built on fact? It, well, it tr- transcends every genre of music from hip-hop, disco, back to rock and roll, back to soundtracks, you name it, Apache's... Mm. Well, you, you, you have said on many, many occasions that you think the Shadows are more important than the Beatles. Can you sum that up quickly without going on for an hour and a half? <laughs> By the most important four men in the north of England to ever make pop music. But you reckon they've got into all corners of the globe, everywhere you go, up a mountainside of a, in a valley somewhere in the Middle East? You... They, they weren't hindered by pseudo-intellectual lyrics. <laughs> or, uh, you know, they weren't hindered by words. And Hank Marvin is a guitarist? They're the most oh, important right, okay. four men in suits from the north of England. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Okay. And, the, and they invented hip-hop. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Anyway, John. With the greatest respect, John, that's all over the place, the Portsmouth Symphonia. And believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's not a joke. Or is no, it? it, it it's, are, are we it's not a... in on the joke? Well, we're allowed to laugh, I'm sure, and Brian Eno certainly would have uh, laughed. Uh, he was part of that. All it's right. a record by Portsmouth Symphonia, and it started in 1970 by Gavin Bryars, an experimental classical composer who later ended up on Brian Eno's EG Records. Um Brian Eno was part of it. Clive Langer from Deaf School was part of mm. Portsmouth Symphonia. Um, musicians of all kinds of abilities and um, denominations, as it were, were invited to play instruments they'd never played before or people were play- who never played instruments played with yeah. seasoned players and you can hear the sway in there. But, yeah, I think you're allowed to laugh. If that was a private press California record yeah. from some school. It'll probably be a thousand pound on on well-known electronic auction sites. Mm. But um, <laughs> it, you know, when you got Langley School's music projects, and it was like it was too good. It was like really accomplished, yeah. wasn't it? Mm. Better you know, versions than the Beach Boys records yeah. they did and stuff. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really? Yeah, they yeah. improved stuff, didn't they? A brilliant record, but it wasn't nearly as wonky as what you just played. No. Wonky is a great description of that yeah, record. Yeah. That's exactly like it just it pressed sways, off centre. Yeah, yeah like a little bit like centre. the uh, yeah. Sultanesque record. Maybe I just like records that make me feel like. I'm drunk. Yeah, well, yeah, Roxy Music seemed to be fitting the bill on that. Were they drinkers? I don't think they would. They'd be just galwazes. They were drivers. Yeah, I think they were. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you know the band Suburban Lawns? I've heard of Suburban Lawns. Aren't they like an American electronic 80s new wave style? Yeah, yeah, they were art house band, sort of art school thing. Mm. I'm going to do my homework and find out more about them while we listen to this tune by them, which is called Gidget Goes to Hell.
suburban lawns there. Mm, from, it's a good one. From California, from CalArts um, um, Art School students. Oh, now, they did a brilliant single, which is a bit more famous than that, called uh, something like I'm a Janitor, but when it's said on the record, it sounds like it says, ooh, my genitals. All oh, right, we're so, going down that route do, again, Have you ever heard we? that? Yeah. I haven't, though. Yeah, 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 it's like, ooh, my genitals. There's something at the tap room about this uh, edition of the show. There's a lot of... Indeed, yeah. Isn't there? Is it, it's like movies, sixth yeah. form... There'll be, you'll be whoopee cushions coming out next, <laughs> and you'll be, there'll be wild japes going on, and you'll be playing tricks on me and making me look foolish again, won't so, you? Talking to japes, is that the door? Like, it is the door. And I, 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 are you sure, John? Yeah, you okay, get, uh, yeah. You're near the door. Go and get the door, John. Hiya, Graham. Nice to see you. All right, Pete. He answered the phone and here he is Told at the door. You. It's Graham Goldman from 10CC. Hello. What an honour it is to have a fellow Stopfordian inventor of amazing studio techniques, brilliant singer, songwriter, like yourself, in the Keeper's Cottage this afternoon. Thank you. And you'll notice that our Keeper's yes. Cottage has changed quite a lot Beautiful since you place. since you were last here. Yeah. I love what you've done to the place. And do you like the 10cc section? Can you see that? I can see. You can see that we're going to talk about <laughs> it with hopefully in great depth. If you, have you got the patience for this? I'm very excited. More importantly, have you got the memory? Pardon? Have you got the memory? Oh, yes. <laughs> no, don't worry. I, I've bought the memory in vinyl form, maybe. Um, so, from a true pioneer of conception pop music on our arty political broadcast show here is some art for arts <laughs> Gotta keep 
gotta make a quick as you can. Give her love and make you a man. Get her in the palm of your hand. Break from heaven. Oh, we're very excited at the Keeper's Cottage somewhere in the English countryside. The magnificent 10cc and arts for art's sake. Art for art's sake. A uh, hmm. familiar phrase of your old fella, I believe, Mr. Jaime Goldman. Yeah, art for art's sake, money for God's sake. <laughs> it's quite a cynical saying, and he was not a cynical man, but he found it, he, he thought it was funny, and so did I. Did you, were you, are you from an art school background? It's also always been said that 10cc, Godley and Cream were, were graphic designs. I mean, they, they did the first... Record sleeves. Yeah. No, no, Kevin and Lol it was who went to art ah, school. Ah, right. right. They designed the first sleeve, the 10cc uh, mm. album, okay. which is a brilliant sleeve. Yep. The rubber 10cc with all Classic. different images going, things going on in it. Very mm. clever. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah. But then the subsequent album covers were mostly done by Storm Thorgerson at uh, Hypnosis. Ah, very Ooh, posh. So yeah. They had the uh, trees, uh, are some favourite sleeves there. That yeah. solarised vertigo Vertigo look. Like yes, that. a Pink Floyd most famous. But a lot more northern. Yeah. Uh, I think we were uh, sort of clever, too clever by half, some people said. Or, I don't know, Whoa. I don't like putting titles on yeah. us, really. Yeah. You know, it was 10cc music, That's that was what we did. I think if one of us had been slightly different, it would have been, yeah, the it wheels wouldn't have worked somehow. <laughs> we had a, our own personal influences, but we had a lot of common influences. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess you were lucky to have good people around yeah. you, you know, like the early Kennedy Street scene and Mickey Most and the Welsh singer Mike Stevens, mm. the early Strawberry Time, and of course the two bands, Whirlwinds and mm -hmm. The Sabres, yeah. which uh, led to a whole world of Mank stars like yeah. JC Heavy and yes. God, Strawberry's endless. This yeah. let's let's play a record which is like which highlights mm. a, a, a non-pop discipline though, and that of poetry mm. and spoken word. And is this a, an early mm. foray into? The, the 10cc Graham Goldman uh, uh, future rap career. Oh, yes. This is Chestnut.
Woo! Graham, getting on down. Uh, <laughs> fantastic break in the middle there that you were getting on down to, Mr. Votel. Clem Catini mm. on the break there. We, we I suppose right. we could do yeah. a 10cc Gentry mm. Drum Breaks episode. Um, yeah, fans yeah. such as Jay Diller and stuff have yeah. sampled your wares mm. uh, over the years. But but you rapped mm. yourself, arguably, arguably then. Yeah. Spoken mm. word? Was, did you write those lyrics? Mm. Spoken word. And that spoken word came from a... Um, a poem that my mum had to recite, right. yeah. t- taking her elocution scholarship. Right. One of my favourite favourite drum sounds, yeah. I mean, out of the whole production Incredible. music sounds, Joe Meek's main man, Clem Catini. It was really a bit of a jam with me, Clem Catini and John Paul Jones, because uh, that album, the Graham Gulman thing, from which yeah. Chestnut mm. comes, yes. uh, the original idea was that Peter Noon of Herman's oh, Hermits, okay. Herman himself, yeah. was going to produce the album. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but God bless him, he never showed up. <laughs> so we carried on regardless, and we had Eddie Kramer was our engineer, who mm. did all the Jimmy Hendrix. Yeah, a man that knows how to record a good drum sound, knows his way around a studio. Yeah. Recorded at Olympic Studios. Olympic, yeah. yeah. And anybody who knows anything will go, oh, good yeah. on you, mate. Yeah. That is yeah. good. I mean, yeah. you ended up owning your own studios, the mm. Immortal mm. Strawberry, where you could, Brilliant you know, studio. Brilliant yeah. studio, yeah. And, and that garnered, like, interest from people mm. all over the world. Mm. Most interestingly, with mm. the Kazanets Cats people, mm. the famous bubblegum dudes. Um, let, let's, let's, let's just listen yes. to what happened when you, when, you, when you teamed up with them. Listening to the Finders Keepers radio show from somewhere in the English countryside, uh, we have our very special guest, Graham Gouldman. We almost had another sitars in their eyes on our hands then, yeah, I think. Yeah, I spotted that. Yeah, uh, another... Graham didn't. Uh, another homage, <laughs> as, as very much was the way with the bubblegum mm. scene. Mm. So, the Kazanets cats, the bubblegum mm. era, the birth of hot legs, and that, that important pivot, <coughs> pivotal place in Stockport, uh, Strawberry Studios. Mm. 
probably the studio itself is the most important element in that uh, that the studio that Eric and Peter Tattersall started off. And um, I'd met Eric just prior to him ah. forming the studio with yeah. with Pete Tattersall. And yeah, I don't think that they didn't have that much money. Uh, and he asked me to put you know become a partner in it, which I did cool. because to me to be part of a studio that was so I didn't have to go to London was great because yeah. yeah. that's what yeah. we had, what we had to do. Eric was very good, you know a very good engineer, knew about mm-hmm. equipment Maybe, and everything yeah. else. And it just grew and grew, and Kevin Lowell got involved. Actually, I think through the the Kaznets Cats debacle, as I call it. I was writing songs for Kaznets Cats who were known for their bubblegum music. Completely the opposite to me. The fact was that I was getting fed up working in New York with them. I'd written a bunch of songs. I said, I'm involved in a studio. I want to take the songs back to the UK and record them with my friends at the studio that I was involved in. So there we are. That was something else that helped uh, glue us mm. together. But as poppy as it was, mm. uh, it still got this really heavy, drummy, backbeat, mm. yeah. solid backbeat. I think, should we flip through a few records while we're talking? Uh, and, and just to illustrate that sound, you know, like this, this one, Grumble, a, a track called Pig, Bag and Gone. I mean, who, who comes up with these titles? <laughs> Title and a half, Graham. But who comes up with these, these, fake, these fake names? And who yeah. comes up with these heavy drum beats? Yes. little copy there what's, what's happened to that don't don't criticize the condition of my that's a well dj'd copy it, it sounds like it's, it's a, been it's a dj worthy tune yeah, and what was it um it's the the proto glam 10 cc classic get you um pig bag and gone Ooh. by grumble what what does pig bag and gone mean graham <laughs> where did these imaginary titles come from Proto Glam. That was a great title. (laughs) Well, we created bands. I mean, look, this thing was this. The four of us were all involved in the Mm. studio. We'd play on football records. It's kind of all mixed up. United Records. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But we used to do anything, you know. And doing this stuff, even though it wasn't our yeah. thing, but we we I think we learned a lot doing yeah. all that stuff. But for like a group who was later known for your amazing vocal arrangements, I'm brilliant songwriting. Mm. Uh, you, you these hard rock instrumentals are like real lost nuggets. This track, uh, Hot Sun Rock. I mean, this is like it's like you were listening to Sabbath or you know or any mm. of them Derham Nova or Vertigo bands, and it's genuine. It's a heavy sound. That heavy sort of overdriven thing, isn't it? There. Were you were you yeah. hard rock fans? Were you early metalheads? Well, we we like to take the Mickey out of things, you know. So we do the pastiches. I, thought, I think we were very good at pastiches. Uh, I think we were all into rock, 
Um, then, you know, Kevin Lal were a lot more. They were listening to Jacques Brel. I was listening to Bert Bacharach, you know, I mean, and Eric was listening to Chuck Berry. It sounds like an, an amazing time where you're mm. sort of like, you're in, the, in your own studio, mm. probably not having to pay by the meter. And yeah, like you say, making pastiches and, mm-hmm. and using this amazing, all this new amazing uh, gear. I mean, you know, I've, I've, I've often heard st- stories about uh, Strawberry Studio mm-hmm. having like mm-hmm. some of the first synths in in, in Manchester. I, I mean, it must have been like a, a candy store mm. for you. We we had um, a mini cool. Moog, which is a, a monophonic wow. Moog synthesizer, so no chords and no synths. We'd right. create the sounds ourselves or try and find. What can you do with the piano? You know, it sounds like a piano, but if you mic it in a certain way or if you put something on the strings, you can find different ways of recording it. It makes it sound different. DIY. Or put it through some weird effect. There's not the same joy of creating a sound. You know, you have an idea and then you think, well, how are we going to make this sound? Because, of course, there are no synthesizers or anything in those days. So you had to make something up or find a way of doing it. I mean, that versatility and that, 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 that creativity mm. and, and being able to sort of, you know, having a great imagination with what's around you, mm. um, soon brought in new clients, didn't it? Because mm. you had to run a studio. Um, and back to the Vertigo thing, I mean, there was this, this one guy mm. that I've always wanted to ask <coughs> you about, and it was Ramesses. Ramesses and Selkirk. Exactement. Now, now, that record probably Stockport's most ambitious prog rock record yeah. uh, that was like a very mm-hmm. technical synthy super studio album coming from the 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 uh, let's say schizophrenic imagination <laughs> of, 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 of of one of your new clients in the early 70s I mean let's let's have a listen to what that guy was up to 10,000 miles an hour plus We streak across the sky like dust And none of us know where or why We're like a jewel in the sky Oh, what are you going to do with me? Oh, what are you going to do with me? Oh, what are you going to do with me? You say to us, we must not write, we must be good, we must be quiet. And all of us are six foot high, and none of us know how to die. Oh. 
We, me and Peter are currently partaking in a selfie with a mm. giant fold out um, picture sleeve. I'm deeply religious, obviously. Uh, when you first look at it, it looks like a spaceship, then you open up, it turns into that church on the the, the A6. Yeah, uh, uh, is that St George's Church in Stockport? Do well, you, you know, but that? you're the you're the Stockport expert around here. Stocky lad, I'm a stocky lad. Is that St George's Church? Mm. Deftly, deftly. Depicted Graham by Roger Dean in this amazing, very expensive-looking record sleeve. I, I know it's what a concept. I think those albums are going for quite a few quid. Uh, unusual. Space Hymns by Ramesses, that one. Yes, that's right. Uh, Ramesses and Selkut. He was—I uh, mm. can't remember his real name—but he was a central heating salesman from Sheffield. <laughs> but he thought he was a reincarnation of the Egyptian god Ramesses, ah, and okay. Selkut was right. the, his did wife. Live that life. He did. Yeah. And I remember him coming round to my house and I was sat with Kevin Lowell and he talked about it and he was he was a wonderful guy, very oh, charismatic. Wow. And uh, I think we believed everything he said. <laughs> Why he wanted we? to make an album. He was Him and uh, Selkirk wrote some very good songs and it was a kind of, I think of it as like a hippie album. Yeah. I remember yeah, yeah. sort of sitting on the floor in the studio and cross-legged, uh, mm. cross obviously. Yeah. And... Uh, us all being together, that was the thing. It was like everything Commune. was done yeah. at the same time. Mm -hmm. That was that was rather nice. We might have, you know, redone vocals, but there was a communal atmosphere in the making of the record. But I, I can, when I hear it, I just hear it like it's like a mm. super synth amnesty, you know. I, I mean, what, I have to ask, was the gizmo involved? Yeah, well, the gizmo's on that, mm. yeah. That, that, that would be Lowell playing it. That right. was his, right. it was his thing. Describe it. What, what is, you know, what is uh, the gizmo? gizmo is, it's a, an attachment that goes onto the bridge of the guitar. Yeah. And there are six buttons that attach to six cool. rotating oh, right. wheels. Right. So when the wheel touches the string, whichever string you choose, or all right. of them, if you will, then it will create a constant sound from the string, something like a, a bow on a violin. It's yeah, organic, yeah. you know. It, yeah, it, it's weird, it's different. It, you, you could probably synthesise it now, but it wouldn't be the same because it, no. it sort of mm. moves around a lot. It's like... Sort of, it's organic, isn't it? It's like not mm. electronic. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's the, uh, which probably brings a great deal of warmth to it. Mm. Right, OK, well, uh, obviously, I mean, they're, they're quite hard to come by now. I've got the... What we've got here now is the original demo disc that came oh. with the gizmo package apparently if you were to buy a second hand gizmo now it'd literally fall apart yeah it works very well with a like a five million pound studio <laughs> <laughs> i bet it bloody does uh, yeah, uh, I, let's I, listen to, right. to the gizmo as nature intended it okay. off flexi disc oh. the following piece of music will show just a few of the possible applications for the bass and guitar gizmotrons
These are just a few of the ideas we've come up with and sincerely look forward to hearing yours. Well, you won't mm. be hearing mine. No, because no. Because I, um, the only gizmo I've ever touched uh, fell up to pieces in my very hands, so my gizmotronic creations... Over and done with. You uh, did try it? I did try it, yeah. Who's yeah. the voice on that? I, I don't I always imagine... It's like it, slightly American or something, yeah, it's weird. I, I always imagine it to be one of one of um, Graham's uh, bandmates. That, that, that would be lol. One of the transatlantic members, yeah, perhaps. Perhaps, yeah. yeah. So, seems like we're on the home stretch now, mm. uh, Graham. Why don't you tell me about your mm. animated uh, Olympian friends? Uh, I was asked in, I think it was 1980, to mm. write the music for an American-made cartoon mm. called Animal Olympics. Animal Olympics, the electronic yeah. rap disco Stockport LA classic. Why? Widely received positively around the world, I should imagine. Unfortunately, Russia were hosting the Olympics oh. and America decided not to go. Right, right. Sport, sports, typical. <laughs> uh, but yeah. we made the album anyway. And the and the the um, film has uh, Harry Shearer, oh. his voices in there, Gilda Radner, Billy yeah. Crystal, yeah. and. Um, uh, I remember saying to the director, um, if you could have any song, what would you have Ooh. there? So he'd go, oh, I'd have the Beach Boys there doing this. Or I'd have the Who doing this. So he gave me lots of clues. And um, mm. I wrote the songs pretty quickly. Some of it was recorded at um, in, in Los Angeles. Right. And um, a lot of it was done at Strawberry Studios. In Stockport? Yes. yes. So the Stockport. Massive. Stockport synth. Well, let's let's have a listen to okay. a track off that. Stockport synth synth fest off the Animal Olympic soundtrack. This is um, Bionic Balls. <laughs> Bionic Boars, Graham Gooman. That, that reminds me of something. Is that, has that been sampled by somebody famous? I don't know. It's a very popular record. I guess it, it could have been. Mind you, it's probably quite a rudimentary patch, wouldn't you say, Graham, on, on whatever synth yeah. you were using? Mm. Yeah, that's, it's actually quite amazing. Yeah, it is. That track. Yeah, it's um, beautiful. It was in the film, a sort of, uh, I think maybe a steroid scene or something like that, for some pigs or something. But um, Electro Classic, maybe, 
I mean, I have to say, Graham, you do mm. rap mm. on on the record, mm. don't you? I don't know if that was something that you, uh, you an ambition mm. of yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, me rapping. Yeah, MC Ten CC or <laughs> Cool GG Rap or MC GG. You into that kind of thing, really? I'd heard it and I kind of liked it, and I thought yeah. it, it would suit this song. Yeah. Nice. I, you know, I've not won any awards Cried. for rapping. Oh. I don't think I'm going to. Oh, and I doubt that I will ever rap again. Don't say that. <laughs> I take it you feel comfortable writing soundtrack mm. soundtrack music. Very comfortable. It's mm. just, you know, you write songs, if it's used in a movie, if it's used in a commercial, whatever. Versatility. Versatility yeah. as a virtue. Well, mm-hmm. I, I, I hope you've enjoyed this appraisal of your lesser-known music mm. today, Graham. Pete, you've yeah, yeah, good time. I've enjoyed him. Arts for art's sake. Thank you for, thank you for coming and gracing the... Keeper's Cottage. My pleasure, I've enjoyed it. Uh, And uh, well done on trying to remember some of the things you can't even remember Mm. doing. I love remembering what I can't remember. (laughs) Group hug, group hug. Very good, thank you. Pleasure. Yo, this is George Dr. Frankenstein Clinton, and you're listening to The Finest Keeper's Radio Show from somewhere in the English countryside, making global local, in your hood. From one enigma to another, Graham Goldman, lovely to have him in the studio. And here we are with Doug Shipton, back on our arty political broadcast. Doug, what have you got in the bag this week? I take it, Doug, it's uh, a foreign record, an art record? Yeah, I guess uh, you could probably give it a lot of names, to be honest. It's uh, kind of new wave art punk. But uh, this is actually a record I found in Poland, in Warsaw, my last trip over... um, didn't really know what it was. Uh, it was uh, just emblazoned with this Chrissy Hind kind of lookalike, um, made up to the hilt, um, sporting a violin. So I thought I'd give it a whirl. And it's one of those records as a as a record digger that you come across and uh, is a pleasant surprise, really. Like, so never judge a book by its cover, as always. So this is a, a lady called Geiger, or Geiger, you'll have to excuse my pronunciation, uh, who played with a group called Din. She's kind of a cult figure in Poland and went on to become uh, a dance songstress called MC Diva but uh, we don't need to go into that but uh, I'd love to introduce a track but I can't read Polish but I hope you enjoy it anyway
that's what I call a fine slice of Polish new wave. Uh, I'm Pete Mitchell with uh, Doug Shipton. We have John McCready and Andrew Votel. Yes, uh, I'm enjoying the show. A lot of female hmm. vocals. That had a ball ballroom blitz sort of oh, one of those. Every now and then you get a record that goes dun 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 mm. at the ending as well. Did, did you get that? I, I, well, I, oh. I, I get that drumming, that kind of drumming pattern that's quite common as well on that. I'm just looking at John now, and we mm. are about to um, uh, embark on another pilgrimage to the Family Fodder fan club, uh, one of the, the greatest, another female-fronted sort mm-hmm. of art-housey mm. punk bands. Not really very much known about them, and, and kind of sounded like the root of a lot of different things around the new wave kind of DIY, arty political idea, but um, well worth rediscovering for anybody who doesn't know much about them. And what I love is this is their uh, pay on to Debbie Harry, which was the the, the whole album based, or a whole EP based on that, I think. I think there were different versions at different speeds in a noise style. <laughs> okay, so here's another uh, quality depiction of Debbie Harry. <laughs> Ready? You're listening to the Finest Keepers radio show. Here we are with Annie Votel and uh, John McCready, who was uh, 
but an excellent guest. Absolutely. I'm the go-to guy for <laughs> big label. Andy, come on, come on, you've enjoyed it, haven't you? I've come always on. enjoyed John's company. Yeah. The only thing different different about today's sesh was that we didn't <laughs> drink two bottles of Bison Craft vodka, oh. which was one of what the... What we uh, used to do at B-Music. Yeah, at B-Music, yeah, yeah, that was our usual... Uh, didn't we get tipple? fired for buying a drink for everyone who came down the stairs at court? <laughs> well, but do you want a triple? <laughs> would you like a double? I dread to think what the end of that night sounded like. Looked, sounded, yeah, 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 smelled. People in the corner sat drunkenly talking about Faust. <laughs> With tinnitus, but, yeah, exactly. Um, back announcing Family Fodder, who mm. were an amazing yeah. band, yeah, yeah. Uh, and who are definitely come under the arty political broadcast banner for the one reason that they sent me a CD quite recently of new material, which was thickly spray-painted, and I uh, got it all over my hands. And you enjoy that aesthetic. My library that, card. That's the thing. That, is, that yeah. is the thing. A nice pay-on to uh, Debbie Harry. Have you ever written a song <laughs> for a loved one, Peter? Um, not in my life. You look like you're about to tell us a secret. Oh, no, there, there was a the moment when I wrote Percolated Peter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, saved by a knock on the door. Oh, oh, there we go. Who's that? There's that whiff around the keeper's cottage. Sorry about the smell, John. Ah, oh, tapeworm, the, the cretinous parasite. Ah, you see, there you go, Pete Mitchell. I've got here a bit early. Ah. And and uh, the reason being is because I've got a lift. Okay. <laughs> from, from Graham Massey. He's come, he's brought me in on the palm of his hand. And we have got You've been down in my cellar, haven't you? I've been, been down in my tape bins I've in been, my cellar. I will, I will admit that I have been on a residential trip to a place called Charlton this week to see my good friend Graham Massey because I got a tip-off from one at Crow's on the tip last week that he's got pure tapes back at his gaff so I've got in but you know unlike the frosty reception I get from you Pete Mitchell he was very accommodating so we've been we've been downstairs listening through a few bits I thought mm-hmm. I'm gonna go and take this onto the show the Finders Keepers okay. radio show mm-hmm. and blow everyone's minds with this amazing music but I, to be honest it's Graham what put me onto it so uh, listen I'm not going to keep waffling on it. I'll leave that to you lot. This is... The, just listen to the sound of this. It's dynamite. Never been released on vinyl. Never even been on CD before. Oh, well, we've got 24 tapes of it. Tapes with photocopy covers in the uh, basement. And, uh, yeah, we're giving them away. This background... You're going to know this background information because it's in what did it. Listen, ah. check it out. It's on, mega. Uh, Luscious Orb Cassettes. This is Chicken Skin Planet.
There we go. Chicken Skin Planet by... Um, well, well, the band is called the Philharmonic Sex Orchestra. Please. It doesn't sound anything like the tip what I live on, but the, the, the tune's called Chicken Skin Planet, which sounds a little bit like the tip after, on a Monday morning after everyone's brought down their Sunday lunch and whatever. That's what I... I tend to feast on that kind of posh it, it's, food. Well, it's a TDKD. Mm, so oh. it's not even an essay. It's What's TDKD. What's she on about? No, this is too technical. No, it's TDKD uh, 15, which is quite a rare format of cassette that you should know about. Right. You would have thought being called tapeworm, I'd know that. But to be honest, some of the letters are too big for my head sometimes, so I just get yeah, so... But, but anyway, what was what? what's that musical about? Because you got a bit of synth, a bit of jazz, some Muppets singing all over it. Who's that singing? Uh, it's Philharmonic Sex Orchestra's lead singer. Oh, right, bloody uh, hell. He's, 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 he's unique, let's say. <laughs> um, no, I think that's fantastic, though, because it, it's like, it sounds like electro and jazz and punk all at the same time. You don't get that very often. It's right a bit, my uh, street. It has a vintage of 1981. Yeah, wow. 1981. So where, where are you two going now? With, uh, what, you're not going out for a nice little lunch together, are you? Why don't you mind your own business, Pete? <laughs> Why don't you mind your own business? Well, you see the thing, well, it, how long have you got left of the show? We could meet you down tip later on if you fancy if a I'm jar. In, only if I'm invited. All right, well, uh, we'll have a word with you, maybe jot you. Have you got a mobile phone, Massey? Um, maybe. Why? Well, you could give Pete a bell later if you do the buttons, I'll do the talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Well, see you, Pete. See and see everyone. See you, Doug. Uh, we'll be back uh, probably next episode if we get in, if we get the due invitation uh, with considerable time for my little legs to carry me up the uh, slippy slope. Uh, au revoir, yeah, let's say. I did like your friend as well, Graham. Yeah, come on, Graham, let's go. Thank you, Graham. Well, that's, well, that's cleared the air. Yeah, well, it, it's, it's certainly, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh... From Mod Mood to Welsh Rare Beat, around the world, Finders Keepers Radio Show. <laughs>
here. I tricked you there. I didn't tell you, you I was going to play the. No. I didn't tell you I was going to play the best record ever made. Did yeah, I? That I know. was it. I know. This show is full of surprises. Expert by Prague Vec, brilliant band. Uh, mm. They've got sort of London Art College ties, haven't they? Mm. Sue Grogan spoke to her on the phone a couple of times. Very angular. Yeah. Well, they got a fa- family fodder, homosexuals mm. vibe, and yes. all that business. And yes. very much the cover is very much of the time, isn't it? That kind of. Yes. We used to have racks of that in uh, Virgin Records in Manchester, if you remember. Anyone remembers that shop yes. that far back? So, um, do you want to throw another tune into the hat in our arty political broadcast? John, please. I would like to play 24 track loop by This Heat. Go on, enjoy oh, yourself. Here we go, here Do we it. go.
that, that flange overdose. Nice. You, you just John was just explaining the etymology of the word flange in the musical sense and mentioned some pop musician who I've never heard of. John Lennon. Yeah, right. Yeah, now. he was yeah. Uh, one of the Fab he's, Four. He's looking what? distressed again, aren't you? You go and have a sit down in the corner. Me and Pete will have a chat about this. Oh, stop I'm playing going, devil's advocate. I'm yeah. going to go and go down the bakery and see if I can find a punk poet. <laughs> no. And I'm going to bring him back in a bit and wipe oh, no. the floor with you talking about all these pop There's bands. There's not a punk poet in the bakery. I saw a punk poet in the bakery sure? earlier on. So they said to the... the, but the interesting the... story, yeah. John Lennon, around the time of the recording of Tomorrow Never Knows, which Andy's never heard. He's probably <laughs> yeah. heard some... Andy's never heard. He's probably heard some obscure Eastern European band doing a cover version of it, but he doesn't know the original record. Go on, get, hit me with the meat. What's the, what's the story? Uh, John Lennon hated his own voice and the engineers at in their white lab coats at Abbey Road, would use various effects on John's voice to make it sound as un-John as possible, and he enjoyed this. And he kept asking the engineers what they were doing, and uh, they didn't really know how to explain to him what they were doing, so they told him they were flanging it. They were using... (laughs) Flange. And I think it's possibly a goon-style sense of humour among right. the engineers at Abbey Road, but the word flanging in terms of manipulating the sound... It's good stuff, Andy. I know you don't... You, the chorus and all, all kinds of stuff like, like that. pulling teeth for Andy. Yeah. It really, it really is, like, without anaesthetic. Still, no, but it's an interesting story because it stuck And that record, that record you said they used to rehearse in a frozen meat factory. It sounds, that's exactly what that record sounds yeah, like. this heat... Yeah. This Charles heat. Haywood. Yeah. The drums very much reminded me of the Bruce Dittmus records that we were playing in previous mm. shows, the sort of Moog-affected drums. Mm. Do you remember the uh, record that you and I kind of used to uh, play and enjoy, the Alphonse Mouzon thing? Absolutely, yeah, all, all using a, a Moog drum um, interface. Mm. But yeah, but that sounded a lot like that, but I dare say a lot cheaper using mm. um, DIY equipment. Turning the meatpacking factory. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. Meatpacker. The Chops. frozen air. Yeah. yeah. Mince. Steaming right through it. <laughs> that sounds like it's a door again. You're like Nostradamus there. You said there may be somebody. Listen, uh, of a, oh, uh, are you going to get it? Sit down, John. Okay. I will get it. I'm not getting it take again. The, uh, take the weight off your feet, John. Aha, oh. punk, punk poet himself. Hello it, there. Oh, it's him. Oh, it's him. It's, the, it's John Cooper John Clark. Clark. Will you step into the Keeper's Cottage? Well, I certainly will. Welcome, 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 John. It's nice yeah. to see you out on a stroll in these country pastures this week. Um, yeah, do you, do you, are you the kind of man who frequents these parts for a walk? <laughs> I don't know about walking. I haven't got, got suitable footwear for that, especially through acres of fields in this weather. So, uh, no, but I love the countryside. From a car. Ah, you don't want to live in a log cabin down the leafy lane. Afraid not. not like this place. But welcome to the Keeper's Cottage. Couldn't you uh, start us off with a bit of poetry in the countryside? This, in fact, this one's part of a, a larger... <laughs> I was trying to write a rock opera. I thought, that's where the money is, rock ben opera. Ben <laughs> Why am I poncing about here when there's a rock opera waiting to be written? So I thought, what... What, are there any neglected youth tribes? Because I recently also mm. at this, I was recently in Los Angeles at a place called Amoeba Records, where oh, I yeah. applied. Do you remember a book called Rock Dream? Oh yes, I do. Gigi Pelliart, the guy that did Pravda and mm, stuff like paintings that. by Guy Pelliart mm. and pity little three line. Uh, comments. Mm. All sounds amazing. By uh, Nick Cohn. Right. Well, Nick Cohn, you may remember, is the guy that uh, wrote Saturday Night Fever. That's oh, right. It was a short story. 
about the neglected disco phenomenon. Neglected in, uh, disco phenomenon. In the Bronx. Yeah, among yeah. the Italian working class. John Travolta and his tin of paint. Community. You know, and it was an, it'd been a neglected thing. In fact, it came in for nothing but scorn at the oh, time. Mm. Anybody oh, that yeah. liked rock and roll it, it hated disco. Yeah. Didn't yeah. They? Fools. With a passion. And so it was to completely ignored, except by Nick Cole, who had the uh, the nous to say, well, you know, it's, it ain't nothing. Mm. Yeah. There's a whole scene going here. Right. What neglected you tribes exist in the in the UK? <laughs> uh, you know, we, and we've dealt with uh, with them all, but conveniently, nobody's ever paid any attention to the uh, casual right. or the smooth around the football and stuff. In popular mythology, it goes from mod mod skinhead, skinhead suedehead. And then uh, disco. All the other Richard Allen books. But they always miss out the smooth period. Sounds like that, it's over that to you. preceded the uh, or, or came after <laughs> the suede period. But they invented yeah. this. They invented label snobbery, which is still with us today. Yeah, yeah. Pringle, Fred Perry, Pringle, Farrers, yeah. Frank Wright, Loafers. I won't eat any well, other this crisps. This is uh, homing in on one particular part. Munsingware. This one's. Uh, Singing the praises of Farrah's, and it's part of my protracted uh, opera. Okay. Not rock opera, youth yeah. opera. Casual rock opera. It's not as fabulous as I'm making it out <laughs> to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing checks my ass can't cash. <laughs> so this one's called Smooth Operetta. And the intro, parts one and two, part one, the libretto. A carpet knife with double blades, a gamp for when it's damp. Some shades for when the twilight fades. Smooth operetta, weekend in Lanzaretta. Part two, Farrah's. Hot sack with a permacrease, authorised by the style police. Frog mouth pockets on a flat front for work or leisure or pulling stunts when it comes to the classic Callard's mate. Farrah's, since 78. I got a pair in Air Force Blue, they look good with a slip-on shoe. A nice Oxford in a muted plaid or a Pringle wouldn't look too bad. You can't pull off a pair of pegs. Farrah's, they cover your legs. Neat, 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 neat. Please do not make me repeat. The dress code is hard and brief. Look out for the F motif. Spick and span, borderline sportif, spotless. Alive, she cried. Farrah's the parallel stride. There we go. John Cooper Clark uh, reciting poetry in the uh, the Keeper's Cottage. Oh, Johnny! Absolutely marvellous. Yeah. And in return. I'm going to play a record that you might recognise from your non-too-distant past.
very abrupt ending there. The Mount Analog proportions. Uh, yeah, that was 48 stairs. Do you, um, was it 48 do, chairs? 48 chairs. 48 chairs. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a long walk to your bedroom. That's what you get living in a windmill. <laughs> um, not 48 chairs. Um, I've never heard that before. Remarkable. Yeah, it's a version I didn't know of, it existed. A version of Cycle Sluts, if you, yeah. you recognise. What do you think, John? One of your, uh, yeah, one like of your that, classics? Yeah. Oh, yes. What Cycle Sluts, parts one and two, yeah. Yeah, the uh, yeah. the cover version by uh, the uh, Forty Eight Chairs. Forty Eight Chairs was that. Yeah, yeah. do you remember, remember it? No, no. Saxophone on there, which is a bit difficult to deal with, but clearly a capable guitarist. And I'd I guess I'd say Vinnie Riley. Quite possibly was. I mean, mm. there's, I think there's C.P. Lee, sort of Alberto, was Bruce Mitchell people surrounding that label. All very much a little sort of community in Manchester at the time, weren't they? No, yeah. there was a lot of ponsing around at, at the time, you know, of people <laughs> coming in and out. In it was a sister label of... The, uh, rabid. And, and Observed, which was the other the sort of... Um, the successor to that said label. Yeah. And uh, what else? So first of the Manchester Independent Labels, I think, wasn't was it? Was it? Was it it's probably certainly right up there, isn't it? Was it much before that? Uh, New Hormones. Uh, well, from, yeah, which was, was Buzz, the yeah, which was the spirals, 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 scratchy P. That was Valor uh, Records. It was doing quite a few at the time. Okay. Valor Records, who actually, the only act they had was the Drones. It's All impossible right. to talk about punk and Manchester without mentioning the Drones. Nobody ever. They were MJ Drone. Yeah, they were. They were the only. Uh, they were the only act on Valor Records. Every they were a plastics firm who made sort of kitchen. Uh, you know them. You know them things that dice potatoes yeah, and yeah. slice things. You remember them uh, gizmos, <laughs> and that was that was their main thing. But they had all this vinyl, so they were thinking like, how can we capitalise on this vinyl? Did you ever fancy being in the th- uh, thrashing three chords out on stage? And uh, did you give that a go at all? No. I mean, I'm sure it, it, I'm sure it's a lot of fun. I don't blame anybody who does that. You know, riding around with your pals, you know, to a different sound every night. Oh, well, here's, here's another pal of yours. This is, um, I don't know, from that Blue Orchid sort of Nico... Invisible uh, Girls, Martin Hannett. Fates thing that was happening around Manchester at the time. This is Spider Mike, or Spider King, as he's uh, affectionately and publicly known, with a totally unreleased record called C.I.A.
Very cool record there by Spider King, also hey, known stuff. as uh, the Spider Mike locally. You used to play guitar in Nico's band. You were just you were just tell me an interesting story about some Hannah Nico connection thing. What yeah, that? I only recently found this out. It's a big 50p favourite of mine. It was uh, a record by Kathy Lacreme called "I Married a Cult Figure from Salford." Ah, right, yeah. And um, people th- seem to think it's by Martin Hannett, but apparently it's uh, by Steve Hopkins from Yeah, Invisible Girls. Invisible Girls. Yeah. Martin Martin's kind of band who he manipulated sonically on various records by oh. John Cooper Clark and Pauline Murray and people like that but um, I just read something on an online forum which is quite interesting and clearly Nico was knocking around the scene at that particular time right. and the mysterious Cathy Lacreme if you play the record at 33 instead of 45 it's a 7 inch single um, somebody said you'll hear who Cathy uh. Lacreme really is Nico cover-ups. Very, yeah, very interesting. That sound familiar to you, Mr. Cooper Clark? Um, I, I, I suppose you'll be uh, wanting a wanting a lift back from the keeper's cottage in a minute, won't you? Can we tempt you with another poem before you? Yeah, do you want another new one? Head off down the leafy lane. Yeah, All well, right, anything then. you like. Do you want right, to? Uh, you right. open your book and you just yeah, fire yeah. away. Killer's lemon. To murder such an attractive woman would be a crime. What if she didn't go along with it? That would take some time. John Cooper Clark, it's uh, uh, been a delight. Thank you for coming to the very musty Keepers Cottage. Well, thanks for inviting me. It's not often I get into the bucolic areas <laughs> of life. Thanks for asking. It's uh, always a pleasure. Do come back and bring a packed lunch next time, perhaps. Change is as good as a rest. <laughs> and here's another arty political broadcast. This is none other than Salvador Dali. <laughs> éclats de rire spécialement écrit par Jean Cocteau. Dali Pincin-Louis, roi de France sur la peau de Francesca Bertini, Pina Minecamini et d'autres. Pendant qu'un groupe de musique pop chante la stupide histoire d'une demoiselle qui a cessé de l'être au cours d'un changement d'autobus. <rire> Quand j'étais petit, je voulais être une jeune fille. Quand on renonce à son propre sexe, c'est qu'on a des tendances. Angelique.
Nick. Astiquedes. Mustic. Estatistica. Sputnik. Estiquet. Uh, uh, petit verb. Astico. Estatistica. Sputnik. Astique. Dastico. Estatistica. Sputnik. Astique. Dastico. Estatistica. Sputnik. Astique. Dastico. Et puis, à la maison, l'apocalypse approche. You're listening to the Finders Keepers radio show. Uh, some wonderful music. And before that, we had John Cooper Clark. What was that uh, very intriguing piece there, uh, Mr Andy Votel? I wasn't joking. That was Salvador Dali. That was amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, working with a very important French composer called Igor Vokovic, who did a lot mm. of work in ballet using sort of pre-synthesizer effects and... Um, Concrete disciplines, but the mm. band there are also Helden. You know Richard Penas and um, I don't know Doc Dial and uh, Fleur de Pavot, who are, are you all making all these names up. No, these mm. are all important early French conceptual rock bands. So you know Salvador Dali deserves the best, mm. and that's what you got. Indeed. So there you go. So that's from a, a rare box set. That was that. So to the big cheese Dougie. Uh, so where in the world are we going to next before we finish this mammoth episode? To Israel with a band called. Har Click that uh, I happened to come across during a trip to Tel Aviv last spring. Brand new to me, never had really come across them, but everybody I showed there, having picked it up, fell over themselves with excitement. They're still around, I believe the old singer's dead, but um, there's, there's been a bit of a resurgence, obviously. This is what I've been trying to get to the bottom of. I've been trying to find uh, one of the chaps, Danny, from the group, uh, to just just basically ask him what his influences were, how how they came to make this um, weird kind of scar-tinged art rock. It, it, it was a surprise to me, uh, having been shown the record because I couldn't read the title or the tracks, but uh, an absolute dance floor killer. Incubator from the album Mother, I Don't Want to Go Through Rehab.
There we go. Uh, the Big Cheese, Dougie Shipton's uh, selection on our uh, arty political broadcast from the Keeper's Cottage. Arty political broadcast indeed. What a fun show. I've really enjoyed everybody's company. Yeah. What a full house again. At yeah, the it is, it's, it's getting busy very by busy. the... Yeah, yeah, very, yeah. very busy. Yeah, VIP we... only next time, John, you we... come round. You might not be squeeze you in if your name's not on the door. You're not. If your name is not on the cottage door, you're not coming in. Well, I might hang around in the village. <laughs> we, so we, need, we, need a, we need a green room. Yeah, we, we or, do indeed. Or a brown room. Perhaps we could have tapeworms serving the drinks. I'm going to hang around with John Cooper Clark and Graham Goldman down the village. For sounds, a like a great, now. sounds like yeah. a great uh, sandwich and a pot of tea, oh, that to absolutely, me. Absolutely, yeah. It's good. Yeah. Okay, then. So I suppose that leaves us to say one thing, and that's uh, goodbye. Yeah, au revoir. Au revoir. Wherever, wherever, wherever you are. Bye bye. Bye. You are listening to the Finders Keepers radio show from somewhere in the English countryside making global, local, 